catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Friday morning. I'm Jack Prater, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Digital driver's licenses could be coming to Florida by the end of the year. These IDs could be used to prove users' identities to police officers, bartenders, and even TSA agents. I sat down with WUFT's Denise Flores Lopez to talk about how she reported the story. In November of 2021, the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles came up with this idea of an application that would actually give implementation to having mobile IDs. However, even though this application was launched in November, it hasn't been active in the state of Florida because they're still working. They're currently standing in the last phase of finishing this prototype where it will allow like law enforcement officers to actually, you know, be granted the opportunity of not having a physical license at the moment. But like, I mean, you still have to apply to have a physical license, but you could easily portray it through your phone, like whatever information you want to disclose to, for example, law enforcement officers, uh, bar bouncers, or even restaurant owners that you know that you need to show a proof of identification. Even though the application, it's called Florida Smart ID, is you can download it in the app store in the Android system as well. You can't really put it to use in Florida. However, it is active right now in states such as Arizona, but you don't even have to go to a DMV over there in Arizona to be able to get, you know, like have your mobile ID displayed on your phone. Quick question, Denise. Could this digital ID be used as proof of identification for Florida voters? So uh, basically they haven't. That's an interesting question because so far what has been in the talks right now has been that they're very close to giving like the green light for the uh, TSA process in the airports whenever you travel. Uh, usually you have to be cautious of where you put your passport when you go through the screening and everything. So it's a hassle. But with this process, with, by having it in your phone, such as like an Apple Pay, you know, display or like the concert tickets that you can now save through your phone, your Apple wallet. Uh, they're more focused on those type of processes yet. But it would be interesting to see, you know, how they could go in complex procedures as, you know, voting ballots or having to register uh, where there's a big line of people waiting for processes like voting. So what success have digital IDs seen in other states where they've been implemented? Yes, they're actually uh, very excited about the how people have been receiving this mobile ID concept because it has given, for example, when you say this idea to an elderly, uh, they will see some consequences, you know, uh, not having the flexibility of having like paper, the traditional method. However, in Arizona, they have told me that they have seen it as such a smooth process for every single paperwork that they have to do. It's very easy. You just have it on your application. And the secret lies that if a law enforcement officer requests, you know, your identification, he has to have an application on his own that's like, an ID verifier in order for your application to work. So it's not like you can have your ID, you know, in the Apple wallet. Those are plans that Apple itself is trying to implement and they will be brought right now uh, later this year as they announced in a press release in September of 2021. However, with the application that the Department of Transportation in Arizona has, they usually like just portray it whenever they request it to a resident, for example, or an Arizona commuter, for example. Is there anything important to the story that you want to add? 
Yes. Uh, something that was interesting was how they're so like the department is so into the development of the Florida IDs that the fact that, you know, it has taken so long to actually release them to the public, because even though a lot of people in the department know about this and, you know, logically, you would think that law enforcement officers should be familiarized with the idea of the mobile IDs. A lot of, you know, prestigious uh, law enforcement officers didn't. So that was like, you know, I had to speak over with 30 sources. I had a lot of like lost phone calls because they would never answer or they would be very skeptical. So it's just like interesting how, you know, so many advances actually give like way to more technology coming our way. Like who knows where we'll be in five years regarding technology. That was WUFT's Denise Flores-Lopez on her latest story about digital driver's licenses coming to Florida. Now, let's get into some other top headlines. Federal officials have reversed a decision to allow a South Florida nuclear power plant to continue running for another 30 years by ordering a new review of potential environmental risks, including those posed by climate change. The U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission issued an order Thursday to reverse a 2019 decision by a previous Republican-led commission to extend Florida Power & Light's operating license for two reactors at the Turkey Point Power Plant until 2052 and 2053, respectively. The reactors have been operating since 1972 and 1973. The new decision shouldn't immediately affect operations. The NRC had previously granted FPL a 20-year extension that will allow the reactors to run until 2032 and 2033. The killing of Trayvon Martin at the hands of a stranger still reverberates 10 years later, in protest, in partisanship, in racial reckoning and reactionary response, in social justice and social media. Martin's final night began with a convenience store run, a quick trip for candy and something to drink, it ended in a confrontation with a neighborhood watch volunteer. A shot fired, the 17-year-old dead on the street. It might have been expected to end there. The violent deaths of black teenagers have rarely drawn even fleeting attention. But this was an exception, and the effects still ripple. Saturday will mark the 10-year anniversary of Martin's death. The Florida House unanimously passed a bill that would require statewide recertification of any condo building above three stories high in response to the Surfside condominium collapse that killed 98 people. The legislation passed Thursday would require recertification after 30 years or 25 years if the building is within three miles of the coast and every 10 years thereafter. The Champlain Towers South was 40 years old and was going through the 40-year recertification process required by Miami-Dade County when it collapsed last June. At the time, Miami-Dade and Broward Counties were the only two of the state's 67 that had condominium recertification programs. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday, at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jack Prater, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Friday.